Kilroy was here. These words became widespread in World War II, where the phrase was often seen next to graffiti depicting a cartoon man poking his head over a wall. The phrase has turned up in a variety of odd places over the years, but perhaps none as odd as its appearance as the title for the 11th studio album released by Styx in 1983. The album depicts a dystopian future where rock and roll has been outlawed by the fascist and theocratic government known as the Majority for Music Morality. Musicians have been locked up in jail, including the not-so-cleverly-named Robert Orrin Charles Kilroy, or Rock. The concept was fleshed out through the album's supporting tour, which was billed as a stage show, which featured a short film that ran before Styx hit the stage. Though the album received middling reviews, its first track and lead single became a pop culture staple, in particular due to its Japanese catchphrase, which is heard throughout the song. If you know how to say thank you very much in Japanese, and you're not Japanese, then it's probably because of this hit song. That's right, we're talking Styx's Mr. Roboto on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one has helped me escape just when I needed to. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my mannequin co-host. Mannequins can't talk. Fuck. Joined by my man co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. How you doing? Oh, me? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. The the boredom of of isolation is starting to get to me, but I know, right? It is hard to cope. Just like without find stuff to do around the house. Yeah, and then you keep doing those things. You're like, I just do this all the time now. Like all I do is watch TV, and cook a a meal and like go to fucking bed. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. I mean, I not I great. like having a like a rhythm, like a, a reliable schedule, but just even a bit much for me. Yeah, this is like the hyperbole of routine, man. It's disgusting. But uh, I suppose nobody knows that quite as well as our guest today, who we're finally able to have on the show, who has been in quarantine and will continue to be in quarantine until early June. Um, you're going to be on for our Get Better episode, but uh, well, getting better, rather, by the Beatles, but you had sickness, and now you're mm-hmm. healthy but quarantined. Uh, Jerry Mildenberger, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being on. Um, how's it feel to be on the show that you love and adore? Oh, just great. It's my favorite podcast to listen to, of course. Hell yes, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> um, you are, of course, Alex's brother. I am, His yes. younger one. Yes, the but youngest you much of taller three. than him. Yeah. The littlest biggest. The little the big brother. Biggest. Hey, yeah, me too, I guess. That's fun. <laughs> We're part of a, a cool club. How's it feel now, Alex? Um... Uh, it's felt the way it's always felt. Feel, still, still feels, still feels that way. Nothing. Everything changed. feels the same. Great, yeah. Alex. Yeah. Jeremy, yeah. what have you been doing in quarantine? Well, the last little while, I've been replaying Skyrim on the Switch because <laughs> for the upteenth time. Uh, and then just yesterday, the Bioshock collection came in, so I've been playing Bioshock again for the upteenth time. Fucking A. That is, I think, the best use of time for quarantine that I've found is just playing the shit out of video games. It really kills the time in the best way. <laughs> in the best way, because you're like, wow, I did so much. And you're yeah. like, well, I actually did nothing, but I watched the screen for a long time. Yeah. And you can't do anything anyway. So yeah. mm-hmm. might as well not do something while kind of doing something. 
Exactly. It like engages your brain a bit and you can kind of be like, wow, I'm 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 looking at art right now. You, you can play a little bit of art critic and be like, wow, these gameplay decisions, incredible. <laughs> yeah, especially with Bioshock that the with the collection it includes like developer commentary videos that you can find. Oh shit. So yeah, I get to hear Ken Levine talk about how cool he is and their great ideas they chose. <laughs> Nothing like some self-congratulatory commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Jeremy, we brought you on this episode specifically to talk about this song specifically, because as I understand it, you've written an essay on the album Kilroy Was Here. I, I did write uh, an essay for a nice undergraduate class, undergraduate music class all about progressive rock. Okay. Yeah. Now, can you, what was the thesis of your essay? Well, our kind of the whole goal of it, of the essay, was to pull together the kind of different concepts we had learned throughout the semester that in regards to progressive rock and kind mm-hmm. of pull them in and, and talk about specific albums that he had picked out. Um, there was a list that we could choose from. And when I saw Kilroy Was Here was on there, I was like, absolutely, that's the one. An album that I've listened to many times myself. So I was like, I can do this easy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, A lot of stuff about just pulling in narrative when you see albums in progressive rock as it kind of progressed. You saw the increased inclusion of these narrative concepts, whether it was just in songs or throughout whole albums. Like you're looking at like multi-movement pieces like 2112. Mm. So that was definitely something that you could kind of tie in with this. Right. Yeah. Now, does this... We've talked about the concept of a concept album before on the podcast. Does this qualify as a concept album, or does it just have some songs that kind of go together? So from our kind of definition and when we were looking at them, I would say that this is, yes, a concept album. It has that kind of narrative flow through and that everything kind of ties together. So, mostly. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> like I gave it one listen. I've only listened to this album all through one time. That was yesterday, and like it has some of the uh, the kind of telltale signs, like uh, reprises of songs. Surprisingly, yeah. the second the second "Don't Let It End" is actually more of a Mr. Roboto reprise. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it really pulls trying to pull the album together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, have you got any experience with Kilroy Was Here? Uh, I also just listened to it once this week. Uh, but like for i i don't know because i'm sure you remember this back in high school we listened to so much sticks like so much but not kilroy was here and i i don't know why i think like the most of the sticks we listened to in high school was like from best ofs and like essential albums true but it was still like the grand illusion and like pieces of eight paradise theater like pretty much all the way through at least for me and like paradise theater is also concept album technically and the grand illusion was approached as a concept album but i don't think they really have the same like narrative through line that you would at least is supposed to be in kilroy was here maybe paradise theater but yeah i think paradise theater has like at least like a a start middle end piece in terms of songs yeah yeah some of the shit in between those a bit like uh what are we talking about here (laughs) we lose that one part that one song about him not being a good soldier or whatever you're like "Ah, is this doesn't he work at a theater (laughs) yeah i know from from the little research well not little research from the amount of research that i did for the assignment it seemed that uh paradise theater and like the couple albums before like they were going towards more of a progressive rock from more of like pop rock into progressive uh kind Mm -hmm. of because of dennis DeYoung and some of the ideas he had and what he wanted to do with the music 
And so it was actually with Kilroy was here that things started, like, tension started to heat up within the band. Because some members just really wanted to play more pop rock, like, having more fun with it. Whereas he was going a little bit more artistic and trying to to pull in these elements that they weren't quite as, as big on. Yeah, like, uh, DeYoung seems to tend towards more uh, aspects of musical theater, and, like, uh, I guess I, there's a quote I have from one of the, uh, I think it's from James Young, says something about it. Um, fuck, here, I have such a fucking mess of just copy and pasted <laughs> garbage here. Fuck, okay, hang on, I've got to go to the Wikipedia page. He says, yeah, they, like, this, it's weird, because this is, like, listed as the breaking point for the band, kind of, where... I mean, they broke DeYoung up was, after this. Like, they toured it was until it they 1999 that DeYoung was fired, though. That's true, but only because, like, they got back together without Tommy Shaw, and then Tommy Shaw came back, and then everyone else kicked out Dennis DeYoung. Like, it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it is a strange history, and I guess, well, here's the quote. Um, Dennis really wanted to do these soft, intimate love ballads, and that was against the grain for me and Tommy Shaw, so our differences got magnified because Dennis was insisting on going outside the boundaries we lived with. He's an assertive and strongly opinionated guy. And, and the, uh, yeah, so... My question to you guys is, do you like Sticks or do you like Dennis DeYoung? Because now I think I can kind of clearly pick out like the difference when looking at these albums. Who does what what song? I think Kilroy is here is very Dennis DeYoung. It is although very there's Dennis a few DeYoung. other stuff. Paradise yeah. Theater I thought was interesting because you can really uh, Paradise Theater and also um, the Grand Illusion are interesting because you really get like the kind of three creative voices in the band, which is Dennis DeYoung, Tommy Shaw, and James Young. Um, and you can, like, hear which song each of them did. Um, but mm-hmm. then Kilroy was here. It really seems like a Dennis DeYoung thing. And then they broke up. So, like, <laughs> they didn't have that balance anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because now it's got me thinking about Queen. <laughs> who I think is another band that draws both heavily from hard rock and sort of musical theater. Right, opera. more like theatrical mm-hmm. stuff. And they they all come together on that force, though. They and seem like they're much so more on the same page. They were mm-hmm. like, okay. And I, I mean, obviously, we don't know what their personalities were. But in terms of like the balance, it was obviously pretty heavily in, in the direction of Freddie Mercury. But like everyone mm-hmm. seems like they were okay with that because they kind of like respected that he was pretty strong artist mm-hmm. and like song but they were also willing to push for their own moves we've talked about two queen songs That's on this true. podcast before um i'm in love with my car which uh that was was that robert roger taylor roger taylor that's Roger Taylor. It was like, please, you got to let me fucking have this song as the B-side for <laughs> fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. And then you had uh, Under Pressure where everybody was described in a quote as being divas. That's, so I wonder yeah. if in the... Uh, sorry, I, I keep pausing to let people talk. <laughs> cutting them off. <laughs> cutting them off. So please go ahead. Uh, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Okay, well, I'm wondering, like, with Sticks, is if just the other guys weren't like you know he uh james young described him as a uh, strong opinionated guy was nobody else just willing to butt heads with him enough or were they just all tired of it like yeah i I don't know yeah it definitely like the the some of the earlier stuff they're a little bit more in sync and you get some of uh, de young's personality in more with the music i think as they went later it kind of desynchronized and you had things that were clearly de young things were clearly more like classically sticks and 
so I, I think I like them both. I don't know which better. Deanna's got some pretty good stuff, but... I think they all have some pretty solid stuff. I tend to be more like a DeYoung or Shaw fan, but even there's even some good like James Young stuff. But even like Tommy Shaw didn't even join the band until like their seventh album. Like it's they have a lot of early stuff that didn't like do as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because they started in a 1970 or 72 and yeah. didn't get big till the late 70s. And if you look on Spotify, a bunch of their albums are missing. I, I don't know why. Pieces yeah, of Eight is... is not there. Um, Equinox is not there. Um, I keep mentioning the Grand Illusion is not there. Like, there's a whole bunch that are just missing between 1974 and 1981. So I don't know why, but rights maybe. Yeah. But there's a bunch more albums right. in there. There can be some really weird rights stuff on Spotify. So, I mean, it happens. Yeah, Spotify can be really, uh, yeah, for lack like of that. a better term, spotty when it comes to <laughs> some uh, discographies. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I had to do it. Yeah. Uh, do I have anything else to say before we get into this? Um, sticks. Yeah, this album in particular, I feel, and I was just looking at the uh, like writing credits, but when you look like Mr. Roboto, DeYoung, it's uh, one, it's leaning away from hard rock, we get a lot more synth, and two, it's very theatric. And then right after that, we get uh, Shaw, and like I feel like the difference is as clear as day there, right? Like it is a very disjointed mm-hmm. and musical styling album. Yeah, well, I know, and again, with, with the paper I was writing, one thing was we had talked about when you're doing narratives giving kind of different voices with different characters. And this is a like very clear indication of that because you literally have different voices, not even just yeah. different like stylings and stuff. It's the different people in the band uh, doing different parts, being different characters, kind of giving their own characterization through their music. And yeah. Yeah, because you've got, like, what is it? You've got Kilroy, obviously. Mm-hmm. You've got um, Jonathan Chance, which is Tommy yeah. Shaw's character. <laughs> And then, the, and is that name supposed to be anything? Jonathan Chance? It, it doesn't <laughs> like sound like JC, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't Could know. be. Maybe. Because, I mean, we know Kilroy is not a savior. That's so true. maybe Jonathan Chance is. Um, okay. And then I don't remember what um, James Young's character is, but it's like oh, the, the leader Dr. of the. Dr. Everett Young. That's the, or no, oh, that's the Everett. Word. Everett Righteous. No, not Everett isn't it? Righteous, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right on the nose for the theocratic <laughs> fascist. Dude, seriously, this reads like somebody's Cyberpunk 2077 fanfic. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's absolutely. It's like very 1984. Yeah. Very like sci-fi, um, post uh, whatever, totalitarian, um, dystopia type deal. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, one of only like a few 1983 albums that were made specifically in response to like anti-rock music activists. Another one being ELO's Secret Messages. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, you have yeah. the majority for music morality uh, standing yeah. in for literally the moral majority. So, uh, <laughs> again, pretty on the nose. They definitely didn't go far with those names. Yeah. But somehow, out of all this weirdness, we get what is, like, I would, it's just a, a very strong, I think, composition, Mr. Roboto, even though the story behind it is kind of stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's they're in jail but there's robots in the jail that do like the work that prisoners would do and he just kicks the shit out of a robot and wears it to escape yeah well i don't know if you got a chance because uh a couple days like when i was writing the paper i spent literally days 
trying to find a version of the like video. It's like a 10 minute video that right. pl- plays that they would play at the beginning of the concerts to kind of like mm-hmm. lead it in. Uh, and after failing for so long, uh, Alex here was able to find it in a couple days. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. That uh, was my first Google search. It was like the. Are third. you serious? Yeah. You serious? I looked. I couldn't fucking find it. Literally, I was looking for so long trying to find this and nothing. And you I found it on I think I just googled this, like, Mr. Obato opening short film or something, and like it was like I, the first thing. I was on Vimeo. I was going like through the internet trying to find this, and you just, just on some had like it. weird. It's like a Japanese one too. So yeah. it was like so I think it's like off-screen footage from some Japanese concert. So and it literally is. It's the live because I watched through it all. Finally, I was like, yes, and it has the whole backstory with the uh, him being accused of murder and everything, and then escaping and all all, all that, and it leads directly in. I know when you guys are talking about, like, his kind of musical theater attitude, you literally see, like, it shows, it, it is a live video of the concert, so it plays the Mr. Roboto as well, because it leads right into the song, and right. there's DeYoung dressed up as the, like, Mr. Roboto in the outfit, like, pulls the mask off, and they're, like, literally doing a musical theater, like, presentation Yes, it's very like musical song. theater blocking and like yeah, yeah and there is genuine dialogue as i understand <laughs> yeah. it between the two of them yeah yeah because like at the, at the end of the video they meet and they're in i believe they're in the paradise theater which yes. is being converted into like a an anti-rock and roll museum and yeah. it shows this moment it has animatronics showing this moment of like of kilroy hitting someone with a guitar which is like his murder or whatever. Yeah, I guess his, it murdered him. His alleged like... <laughs> murder. Um, and then he like, and then Tommy Shaw sees this and he's like, oh, it's Kilroy. And then he, and then actual Kilroy walks out with the, takes the mask off and then they talk or whatever. And then it like shows and then it goes to the, the stage. So yeah, it's very theatrical, very like dramatic. It's like, it is like this prog rock thing, but it's also like got this, this like 80s cheese so it's just Damn, it's adapted it that it's it's ridiculous but and there's a few factors yeah. behind that so one of them is uh stan winston the makeup artist and costume designer who is known for his work on jurassic park and terminator 2 as well as avatar <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah okay yeah so that's... he's responsible for like the costumes and things and then on choreography for the dancing because uh you got like the robots and stuff that was kenny ortega whose credits <laughs> include dirty dancing and high school musical wow i did not know that was kenny ortega that is amazing yeah, <laughs> yeah. so a lot of musical theater a lot of like the- not even just like theatrical but like kind of the cinematic side of it too because mm-hmm. obviously they have this whole video before that you know it looks like it's got this dystopian look so all this stuff coming together. Yeah, like a lot of work went into this. Also, I haven't seen the short film, but my understanding is that uh, Michael Winslow is in it playing the role of Jimi Hendrix. I, yes, I, there, there is, is a, a Jimi like, Hendrix. Hendrix mannequin. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So the, <laughs> a star-studded 10-minute short <laughs> yes. that is uh, very difficult to find on the internet. I'll try to find Michael um, Winslow. He's he's in there somewhere. I'm else. gonna well, I'm gonna watch it again. If he's the like Jimi Hendrix, that's so funny. I mean, he's got to be the Jimi Hendrix in yeah. Go to eight minutes and twenty seconds. Yeah, so okay. it's like off screen, but but he's there. And there's and an you Elvis see this like there's like this floating head, James Young's floating head as the like moral majority leader, or whatever. 
Also, Dennis DeYoung is like graying at this point, and Tommy Shaw still looks like a like he's like twenty one. Yeah. So like, it actually works with like him as this older imprisoned rock guy, and and Tommy Shaw as this like young, kind of starry eyed guy who, um, sort of idolizes Kilroy as a rebel. Right. Yeah, look at that. I just I just cut to the end here, and it's yeah them like holding hands. They look like they are very different ages. Okay, so we've talked a lot about everything around this song. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna move us forward into the lyrics of this piece, which of course opens with probably the most famous line, which is "Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto." Yes, which then, just means then, like "Thank you very much, Mr. Roboto." Mr. Roboto. Yeah. And then we got Mata Ohima Day, which is... I have a translation for that. There was one it's just uh, in the Wikipedia page, I think. Uh, it says, until we meet again. Yeah, until we meet again, see you again, kind of a... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next one was Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, Himitsu wo Shiritai, which is apparently, I want to know your secret. But what is the secret that he's hiding? Under it's, his uh, Yeah. He's obviously not doing a very good job of hiding if everybody knows he has a secret. <laughs> they don't know what it is, though, so it could be anything. Yeah, fair, right? Um, <laughs> so this line's done through a vocoder. Yes, and it's, like, very, um, like, harmonized. There's, like, a million voices singing here. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it does, like, it's sort of a line that, like, the the words don't mean so much, but it's, they are, like, style right it's all style we get japanese done through a robot voice in this big choir it speaks like to the future yeah and yeah it's like it's the machine kind of literally but there's so many of them that they're harmonizing it sounds like a choir um and the lines themselves like i knew this line probably for years before i ever heard this song oh yeah 100 percent. i didn't know what it was it was this, Alex. It is this, and it just like kind of sticks with you, you know. <laughs> sticks. Sticks. <laughs> I totally made that one. That that was on purpose, because I'm clever. You're uh, a clever one, Alex. Yeah, and then it moves through like several sections, and there's kind of two different types of sections, and then a bridge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in, in the that first section, which is I'm just gonna call a verse, it's you're yeah. wondering who I am, machine or mannequin with parts made in Japan. I am the modern man. Now supposedly he does sound like he says modern. Yes. Yeah, he super does. Which supposedly means postmodern. Yeah, apparently that's something that they had thrown in for it's something with postmodernism. Which I always thought he just said modern weird. Yeah. Because I don't know. I mean this whole thing's kinda weird, so it was believable. <laughs> I mean, I've just thrown modern into Google, and it says that modern is a Scottish dialect form of modern. Oh. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't think like, Dennis Of course, Urban Dictionary supports what you guys have said, the real name for postmodernism. That is where I got my definition from. Um, which I guess makes sense, because he's, like, pretending to be a, a robot. But he's not. That's his secret. That's his mm -hmm. secret. Wait, hey, spoilers. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm giving it away right it at the beginning. Yeah, getting ahead. Um, and again, parts made in Japan. Apparently, he saw like a documentary about factories in Japan, which heavily influenced this. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm also it's a uh, what is it? Back to the Future Part Three, um, where he's they're talking about 
the the time machine and 1950s doc is like oh no wonder it broke all these all these parts are japanese and marty's like oh the best stuff is made in in japan so it was it was on their brains in the 80s apparently yeah japan was at the the cutting edge of technology and i assume did more manufacturing back then as well Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all you really get from the first verse he's like i might be a machine i might be a human i have parts from japan i might be postmodern. who the fuck knows could be anything and he's got a secret that we know yeah, which he uh, reiterates in verse 2. I've got a secret I've been hiding under my skin. My heart is human. My blood is boiling. My brain, IBM. Do you think they paid for that? They're like, yeah, if you chuck an IBM into this song about robot men, well. <laughs> I, I always hope that, that they pay for these, but. It would explain the reference, because, I mean, it's an odd throw in, but. I mean, yeah, it was. Isn't IBM American? Yeah, international business. Yeah, machines. but I think yeah, I think IBM company. was kind of synonymous with like a a personal computer at the time mm. because it was the early '80s. If there was even I don't even know what the proliferation of of personal computers was in 1982, but it probably wasn't where it is now. I'm assuming. No, <laughs> you know, so good no, guess. It was not. Yeah. yeah, that's a <laughs> that's what we call an educated guess. Mm-hmm. You are educated. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. So yeah, I think so that's just, a, yeah, a bit a odd, but yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> IBM was the Kleenex of computers. Uh, so if you see me acting strangely, don't be surprised. I'm just a man who needed someone and somewhere to hide to keep me alive. Just keep me alive. Yeah, somewhere I do. Hide, I do like that alive. he's like very literally describing the fact that he used a robot as a fake skin to hide himself. <laughs> Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I I suppose there could be themes here about like hiding who you are in a society that doesn't accept you. And that's probably part of it too. But he is literally describing the story of the song. Yeah. And then and that kind of comes up later this idea of hiding particularly behind technology. Mhm. And at also like this sort of homogeneous um visual of like just all these robots all these robotos that look exactly the same right and but and listen that you are an individual yeah and as we all know robot means slave so that's right they that are true. obedient but also like just again a terrible job of hiding your identity because he's, he's just like, like i'm a dude <laughs> I'm not a robot at all. Shut the fuck up, Mr. Roboto. We're trying to get you out of here. He's like, I'm a man in a robot costume. We're having an identity crisis. Jeez, just chill. Just wait like three minutes. Yeah, calm down. Sing about it. Down too long. He doesn't know if he's a robot or a man. Yeah, I guess. Like, how? Yeah, how long has he been in the robot costume? Like, I mean, the video's only ten minutes long, so (laughs) it's not long. Yeah, it seems like it's not that long, but maybe longer. Maybe he's been sneaking around as a roboto. It's long enough for him to like leave a secret message, and then them to find the secret message and know to go and meet him at the Paradise Theater. So yeah, sometime, but. Who knows? First three, I'm not a robot without emotions. I'm not what you see. Yes, yes, we get it. Yes, he's really, really harping on this, this idea. Really need you to understand this. I've come to help you with your problems so we can be free. 
I'm not a hero. I'm not a savior. Forget what you know. I'm just a man whose circumstances went beyond his control. Yeah, so this is like they had kind of a lot of the people in in their narrative, the the rock stars, the rock and rollers, were kind of touting him as the hero and savior. Like in the video, he's uh, young is talking about like, oh, Charles Kilroy, like he's he's the man, you know, he's sticking it to the the triple M and mm-hmm. rise up fight the power he's got to refuse the column hero's journey or whatever exactly it's a very right. important part of the story and this is the beginning of the story um yes. but yeah I, I mean you're right uh tommy shaw is like kind of idolizes or seems to idolize kilroy based on this like fictionalized um version of him Although yeah, I wonder if there is oh no go ahead. Yeah, although well I mean I was going to got to change it a bit. Uh the the verse kind of seems to undermine itself. So he says I've come to help you with your problems so we can be free. Mhm. But he but then he's like oh but I'm not a savior. Yeah, that's true. That is like a call to action. It's like yeah, we can be free, but I I'm not a savior. Yeah, cuz it really sounds when he says it like we're going to yeah. like defeat the whatever bad guys. And, and free the... ourselves and maybe free everybody. But he's like, ah, oh, but actually, no, 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 not really. Yeah. We just got to run like, away. I've come to help you, but I'm not a savior. Yeah, that <laughs> is a bit odd. I wonder if it's the value of a hero is somebody or savior is somebody who wants to do this, who is simply like morally good. And he's saying, I'm just a man who like shit's gone wild. And I honestly <laughs> just like, I just want to get a hold on something here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. That sounds like refusal of the call to me. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I wonder if there's also uh, like real life parallels here because uh, we're talking again, hero and savior. He's maybe saying like rock and roll music isn't meant to be like the end all be all. It helps you to feel free, but it's you know it's not God. Yeah, that's right. I guess it is because it is addressing things that were happening at the time with uh, I what was viewed as censorship of of music and i believe which turned into just a parental advisory stickers um mm-hmm. and labels um but yeah this feeling of like I'm, I'm not i'm not really like like don't look at me like i'm saving the the world from censorship i'm just playing rock and roll music and i want to keep doing that yeah <laughs> so i don't know and i mean on that same idea of like saviors and heroes progressive rock itself did have that kind of, especially as it went later and later, you had these kind of figures rise up as kind of these great musicians, these kind of grand artists that were this kind of omnipotent, they had this omnipotent feeling about them. Uh, and kind of this saying, you know, it's it's about rock. We're, we're here to rock and roll, to to entertain and stuff. We don't have to be these heroes saviors these people like raising up rock and roll we just gotta do our thing right it doesn't have to be bigger than itself it doesn't have to be this like hugely self-important thing which is kind of nice to hear from a genre that is accused of being very self-indulgent yeah Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it all spanned from, we just talked about Tutti Frutti last week, where it right. was just simply about feeling good. And although, like, the topics got more heady with prog rock and, and things got maybe a little more convoluted, at its heart, what it still was, was rock and roll. It was about feeling good and doing these, like, insane musical expressions that 
like evoke emotion in people. Yeah, it's the same goal. It's just you're coming at it from a different angle, and mm-hmm. you want to explore things with a different outlook. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, beyond my control, we all need control. I need control. We all need control. It's a battle for control, people. Uh, verse four. I am the modern man. Secret, secret. I've got a secret. Who hides behind a mask so no one else can see my true identity. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. just fucking hammering it home here. Yes. <laughs> he has disguised himself as a robot. I am disguised as a robot. You cannot see who I really am. Who could he be? Maybe we'll find out later. Um, probably not, Alex, but, uh, we move to the, and again, there, with that, there's that idea of we all hide behind masks, you know, fucking etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Roboto, for doing the jobs nobody wants to. I guess this is a reference to, like, this, I think this is specifically him talking to the robot he murdered, right? I does believe seem so. Because he does <laughs> specifically so. say, for helping me escape, just when I needed to, mm-hmm. which is what that one does. And also sounds like a general thing of like, hey, robots are useful. Like they do stuff we yeah, they like. Do, they I do don't have jobs to do Nobody it. wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, reading the lyrics in this part don't do it a lot of justice because it's very like there's a lot of kind of layers, even vocally, with like the repeating and there's kind of like different beats, and we'll talk about it more in instrumentation. But yeah, but yeah, he is sort of screaming this out over the like robotic chant of the catchphrase "Domo Arigato, Mister Roboto." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we come to the problems plain to see. Too much technology, machines to save our lives, machines dehumanize. Yeah, this also seems to kind of undermine the previous thing where he's he's thanking the robot and talking about how they do things people don't want to do. But then he's like, oh, but too much technology. (laughs) Could throw that phone away. Yeah. Which, to be fair, he does not say, because phones personal cell cell phones didn't exist at the time yeah just car phones baby yeah Yeah, i thought you were gonna say phones didn't exist at the time because there was no such thing as a phone in 1982 we all everybody knows that we know that yeah you had to shout really loud i wonder a part of it's like in this scenario the like all this machinery is what's kept him locked in right like the i guess the the mr robotos at least in the short film or what i saw in the music video they seem to like bring meals and shit or something they seem to run this prison in some way but then the technology which was also keeping him imprisoned was it saved his life as well yeah it's it's very odd i with this and yeah comparing it to before it you can kind of even maybe get a little bit of like not sarcasm necessarily but he's like oh like technology's great and then he's like oh machines dehumanize like ha 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 like is he is he on the side of machines or is he is this or are we supposed to take this literally? Is he saying technology is the problem? Or maybe he's having a crisis because yeah. like the robot kind of helped me, even though I had to like fight it to for it to help. Right. Yeah. He's clearly <laughs> suffering through like a like some kind of identity crisis. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's kind of one of the ideas in the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's the other idea, because, yeah, is this maybe taken from the perspective of, like, these, the the MMM, these anti-rock activists, where it's like, oh, these machines dehumanize, because, again, a rock music is a lot based in electric instruments. Right. So is that the technology that is, you know, bad, or in this case, maybe saving our lives? Like, what technology specifically is the problem, I guess, is the problem? Yeah, it's pretty broad. 
Um, although this part is kind of sung differently, right? It kind of like it drops down, and this almost yeah. seems like it seems like a a revelation. He's like, "Oh, machines dehumanize," and then he's like, "I need to cast away this mask because that is the next." Well, I mean, he literally says to throw away, and like, time has come to throw away this mask, and that's yeah. the next verse. Time has come at last to throw away this mask. Now everyone can see my true identity. It's Kilroy, and he's Kilroy. That's again, that's he's, his he's really dressed as a robot. Yeah. yeah, by the way, this was a mask. <laughs> what? And it was Kilroy the whole time. It was, was Mr. Rock himself. R-O-C-K. Mr. Rock himself. Did you know that the Rock's name is actually an acronym? R-O-C-K in the USA. That's right. <laughs> there is a song yeah, called so Mr. Rock. Turns out he's Kilroy. Um, that's a, like, honestly, this functions better as a musical theater piece in terms of lyricism than I would say any direct like technological criticism yeah yeah i agree it it's weird that it became such a big thing because it's kind of so rooted in this like concept uh, album rock opera performance like narrative yeah so just listening to it on its own it's almost like gibberish some of it Mm -hmm. because he's talking about like it's just like a guy who's in a robot suit (laughs) and like he talks about technology a bit it's kind of it's strange oh yeah like i never really i like i thought i understood that bridge segment but beyond that but like i it's really that line is directly for helping me escape just when i needed to is like directly linked to the story it has no other actual relevance beyond that so do you guys think then that the reason this song is popular is because it has that like repetitious line and it's like kind of catchy more so than as a whole i think that's a huge part of it just domo arigato mr roboto domo arigato. yeah like, I like think it's, it's kind of fun to say yeah. it's a good like short rhyme it's a like it's the hook basically and yeah and it pulls into what was like the western culture at the time like this idea of what japan is this crazy robot land <laughs> crazy like, land of robots <laughs> it puts that it puts that into sound and gives that to people and apparently part of the the reason for this like very futuristic sound another i think big factor in it is the heavy use of synthesizer and apparently this was a roland synthesizer which had like just come on the market that dennis DeYoung was using so it was like brand new synth noises yeah really like the the peak of technology at the time for music Mm-hmm. yeah it would have been like a I don't know, maybe a Juno 60 or something like that, but it's like a it's like a polyphonic synthesizer sound that is quite different from what you would get out of like a, a mono synth like a like a mini moog or something. Because you can make, you know, you can play more than one note at a time. You can make these big chords and and it uses them a lot. And I guess this is probably the best time to talk about that instrumentation. Yeah, Torg. Um yeah, and like like it's keyboards and synths are such a large part of this and the lead vocals and that's all Dennis DeYoung. Yeah. yeah he's the keyboardist. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, when the band formed <laughs> he like played accordion and then <laughs> changed to playing piano. Mm-hmm. Like if you can point out where the bass guitar is in this song I'll be impressed cuz it's it's very hard to pick up on. Yeah, especially because like there's bass but it's like synth bass like Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's an introduction on the song that 
isn't a part of the like single version, but it's kind of like this twinkly thing where the synthesizers do that, like come in, and then you get this motif sound on the synthesizer, different synthesizer. The did that sound right? Call and response with that. Yes, and and that sound kind of comes up a few times throughout the album, and it's used a lot in this song in particular yeah because that is like the main uh one of the, one of the main vocal patterns is that yeah yeah you see that when it's like i am the modern man after the first verse and then down even the like my true identity i mean that whole that whole verse i think yeah the time has come at last yeah it's 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 very much rooted that that pattern is rooted in this song in so many levels yeah yeah, so we start with sort of that twinkling, the call and response between the two synths, and then about 42 seconds in is when we get the, the vocoder coming in with the Domo Arigato. Yeah, and that's that huge, like, chorus-like sound where it's probably just one voice, but, like, it's been electronically changed, so it sounds like it's 100 robots mm-hmm. singing. And, I mean, there's, I think that music video has a bunch of robots. Yes, it does. Yes. They're all dancing. It's essentially, yeah, just like a, a musical theater dance routine, but with robots. Just doing the robot and being sticks, maybe. Yeah. Sometimes sticks. We don't know. Sometimes Sometimes sticks. You, you can't sticks. see under the mask. Who, 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 they could be anybody. It could be anyone. <laughs> Nobody knows who they are. They've got a secret, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> They've been hiding. Um, and then, yeah, it's that bit, and it has the Japanese lines. And that's like the intro kind of like yeah. a big intro because it's this very sudden like chorus which yeah. i think is pretty musical theater um and then they go into the verse and that verse that you're wondering who i am it's it's just got this like really strong um stress on like the syllables mm-hmm. like every other syllable and i don't even know what that means like it was was this is this iambic pentameter maybe probably not Wondering who I am. Oh, like almost. It's got that kind of one two to it. Yeah, it does. Like that. stress on the second. The rising. Da 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 da. Yeah. Nice catch, Alex. Um <laughs> yeah, so that's about a minute and four seconds we finally hit those those main vocals uh with the backup vocals. Secret, secret, I got a secret. Um, one of the things I've never noticed on this track until listening this week is the way the guitar mirrors the vocals, but then right. just kind of rings out between lines. Yeah, that guitar that comes in. And there's not a ton of like guitar focus in this song no. generally, but it kind of gets to play at certain times, and this is one of the times. Um, but it's still really, it's following the vocals. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of like, I think a fairly like, um, like, orchestra type thing when like you have a lot of instruments all playing the same kind of thing along yeah you know? like they're mirroring each other but and like that kind of gives it this like big feeling yeah it's a lot and more like grandiose yeah yeah Which it really this... punches that you even get the uh the drums follow the vocals on that part hitting the cymbals dunts, dunts, dunts. yeah i mean that's part of that that stress on those syllables too mm-hmm. um, comes from the drums and then when you move in when they move into the next section, which is the kind of B section or whatever you want to call it, the last line, like you get that synthesizer coming in. Mm-hmm. The kind of like alarm synthesizer, the like bam bam nah, nah. 
that plays yeah, in beats a good of two. For alarm. Alarms going to double yeah. sting. And I mean, that's what it is. But it it definitely like because it's that's like this poly synth because you're really getting that like chord sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also this kind of like clashing chord where it sounds like like an alarm or, or very like urgent kind of. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, no, I don't have an ant. I'm sorry. Okay. There's a. I think it's a rolling sort of root five synth bass going on there. Yes. Which again is not the bass that is played by, uh, what is it, John something. I can't remember their last name. So it's with a P, I think. It's, yeah, it's Panozzo. Panozzo. Ch- I don't know. Two, the, two Z's. The rhythm yeah, one section. Of the brothers. Yeah, the yeah, brothers. Yeah, sorry, Chuck Panozzo. John's on drums. Chuck and John. Um. Yeah, so we get that. And then. Uh, at 155, we almost start to break, so we entered at 122 into this segment, your B segment, and then at 155, we get a little more energy keeping in to keep me alive. Yeah, and that's like the the, synth notes. the sort of transit, like it's kind of transitional, but it's still part of that section The that happens right at the end for the last two lines. Mm-hmm. And you get more guitar there. Is that what you said? Sorry. Yeah. I didn't say that, but you said okay. it. And then once, because we, you get that sort of break where it's like, keep me alive, keep me alive. You think you're going to go to a different section, but then we actually come back to the same, like, alarm synth pattern, except now we get that kind of fluty-ish synth doing licks between lines. Yeah, that's really the big difference for this part. Um, and then it's kind of like, he does the, the next verse, and it's very similar, but one thing I wanted to talk about, when he sings that control and he goes up into, like, falsetto, feel like that's, I don't know. I always remember that part. That's like very iconic to me when it says control. Woo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a big change from when you see in kind of that first of the B section, that verse two. So in this repeated B with that change at the end with the high control, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely sticks out. Yeah, because he's basically been screaming at us at the whole time, admittedly in a musical theater scream, but yeah. then he kind of lets it go to like flex a bit and like, ooh, you're like shit. Like, it's not just one oh. note. Like Dennis, yeah. yeah, he's fucking crazy on vocals. He's a good singer. He's a talented man. That he's, is for he's sure. A, he's a modern man. He, he, he is, is the modern is. man. <laughs> um, and then two forty six, we get a sort of brief that like pause before we break into something bigger. Uh, yes, and then they do another like verse similar to the the a section yeah with the Mm. secret secret backing vocals um yeah the drum i think the drums do a phenomenal job on this track of building uh at certain moments and then just like riding in the back keeping up energy they're very dynamic yeah they kind of have this like roundness to the sound too i will call it i don't necessarily know if that's the right thing but like they they almost feel like when like when he hits like a snare it's got this like 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 um, I'm trying to think of a word. What, like a resonant? No, it's 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 almost like restrained, kind of like mm. held back a bit, which is kind of interesting, in terms of like the themes of the song. But like it it doesn't have a super long decay or anything, right? And it, it's you know it does some good little like snare fills and stuff in between lines, mm-hmm. too. So. And we didn't even mention in the B section that, like, big... I don't even know if it's a drum, but that big percussive note, the tss, 
that I, like rings out. I don't even know if I noticed that. It's oh, it's I'd like one of the only things I notice. Oh, I know what you mean. It's almost like a gunshot. Yeah. Then just like kind of lets it echo out like. Yeah, it's very very powerful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then we get into the uh, after this verse, we get into the the big hip- hypnotic vocoder segment. Yes, which is a lot of fun. And I think, yeah. I especially like once you get to the like second part because it kind of starts with that like, Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, and then it does the like it's kind of like three beats. It's like oh yeah, like it's like Domo do, do, do. and then the backup Domo and then the wee 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 from the yeah. synthesizer. Yeah. So it's like three parts of that, and that has three beats within it. But that's kind of the that's a fun little rhythm too. Yeah, it's just such a hook. Like, and again, you can't get it's it out catchy. of your head. Yeah, can't it's, get it out of your yes. head. It's, it's the reason it's popular. I instinctively, like, when I hear that part, move my hand to pretend I'm playing those, like, synth notes. The... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that it's, the musical it, theater in you. Yeah, it's it exactly. Up. Horrifyingly, it comes up. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't <laughs> like sticks anymore. It's too much drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is basically as close to a musical as you can get while still technically being rock and roll, so. Yeah, and even then, people call this synth pop, too, so is it rock and roll? Who knows? <laughs> mm. What is rock and roll? I don't know. It's a feeling, baby. <laughs> it's an attitude. It's an attitude. It's a it's a way of life. Um, 336, so we get, the, the vocoder segment starts 302. 336 is when Dennis DeYoung starts doing his fucking screaming over top of it. Yeah, and I've always found this part to be very, like, I haven't, it, it just sounds, like, very full. It's, like, got this, like, cannon sound or, or counterpoint or whatever, where, like, it's kind of, like, two things going in at once. Mm-hmm. And it all kind of sounds cool together. Yeah, yeah. and, like, Young's vocals kind of, like, weave in between the, like, the chorus and hit some of the same, like, punch notes as they do. It's very, uh, it's very cool. Yeah, like you see him saying Mr. Roboto multiple lines where it kind of feeds in with that the Domo Arigato Mr. Roboto line that it's on top of. Yeah, and it, it again plays into the thematic idea of he's this man and machine. It's both of those things hitting at the same time. Um, and then like around 420, we sort of build it <laughs> into the final climax. I heard that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's kind of like this short like synthesizer part, uh, like arpeggiated part, um, and then it moves to another verse, which is similar to the uh, like the A section, but they take out the backups, but it's still that like motif of. Mm-hmm. And that's and this is where we like, really are supposed to yeah. focus on his lyrics, right? Yeah, that's his like yeah. technology line. So it almost seems like it should be like a thesis but i i feel like as a thesis it kind of falls a little flat but i mean yeah it eats itself alive it's it's very difficult to deal with but it doesn't it doesn't really detract from the song um structurally it makes sense but it's not like that strong thematically Mm -hmm. but what are you gonna do and plus you get distracted by the the final verse the time has come at last it's impossible to not get caught up in that hype yeah because yeah, that like really raises it way up you. 
Very exciting. Because it does another repeat of that A section. But now the backup vocals are back, and he's just, he's screaming. Like, he was pretty up high before, but he's really going for the end. Yeah. And then he shouts Kilroy a few times. Oh, wait. Kilroy! Yeah, shouts Kilroy. Kilroy! And, and he yeah, kind of had that the, uh, synthesizer back in synth hits on that. <laughs> Kilroy! Very exciting. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, and in the back, that's sort of like bubbling, almost decaying like synth. That's like... Right, it's got that um, sample and hold sound to it. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of... And with the decay, I feel like the the Kilroy line itself tends to it it pulls away and it kind of decays itself. Like the first one's I'm Kilroy, and then Kilroy, Kilroy, and just kind of decays in energy as it goes down. Yeah, this like grand statement of identity, and yeah. then it's like, well, who the fuck even is Kilroy? Who is Kilroy? <laughs> so it kind of peters out. Maybe he is Cold War. No, nope, thought maybe the next song would answer that question. Come on, Alex. <laughs> I should know better by now. <laughs> See, that is really the structure of the song, and it's it just so bombastic from start to finish. It is theatric, and I think that it, since it is this synth synth based theatrics, is like why it hit so hard in 1983 and continues to hit hard. Yeah, and it's kind of impressive because like even though there's really only like two different sections with like a bridge and then the intro it doesn't really feel like we're just kind of repeating things because the the order those sections come in doesn't really repeat so it does have Mm -hmm. that kind of like prog rock feeling of just like being a continuous thing right yeah despite having like clear motifs it never feels like it is actually repeating a segment yeah which it, I mean, it isn't really. The lyrics do change, even though it's mm-hmm. using the same, like, yeah, motifs, like you said. Yeah, I like, despite having my misgivings about Sticks and a bit Dennis DeYoung, like this song is a f- fucking nuts. Like it is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It's it definitely is a, a big song from my past that I still enjoy today. Yeah. It's it was great to come back to it this week. It's been years since I've listened to it. Yeah, because we um, used to listen to a no, lot no. of sticks. I said that already, oh, but it was so yeah, much. You cannot overstate how much fucking sticks we listened to. Yeah. But and yeah, then I I was there as well, being the younger brother. That's true. We did talk about enjoying sticks. sticks. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Just being like with you guys enjoying it, me being like, that's cool. Yeah, you were like indirectly part of that. Yeah. Because obviously we interacted, but anyway. Because I learned it from watching you. From you, Alex. You're welcome. Yeah, that's fair. That, yeah. That's a, that's All a right. thank you moment. Right. Thank there you. Are worst things you could have learned from Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably it's probably a bad move, but whatever. No, you, you, know, you, buy, you buying you, games like Brain Age and. <laughs> it was one Alex time. Does. It was one time. <laughs> yeah. He... Got my debit card okay. destroyed because of that. Sorry, what? I put I put yeah, my I put my pin number in wrong too many times. Uh when I was trying to buy that. <laughs> and then, what were you drunk and trying to buy brain? I was just I don't I don't even know. I was putting it in wrong and then when I brought it to a machine to see what the problem was, because I didn't realize I was putting the number in wrong, it just didn't it just took the card, didn't give it back. I had to go oh. get a new one. Okay, well. right, because you you were a robber. It was like a, you're you're burglaring this. Yeah, it thought I it thought I stole someone's debit card. 
So it just takes it? That's, wow. I, yeah, that's okay. the only time it's ever happened, but yeah, yeah, I brought it to an ATM, and they're like, you can't have this back. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Should we talk about the music video briefly? We've kind of already talked about it. The music video. There's not, I mean, considering how much of, like, of a story this is, there's not a ton to the music video. It's mostly just, like, he, they, it's, they're performing on a stage, and sometimes it's the robots dancing the robot, and then sometimes the robots become sticks in the, yeah. like, the prison yeah. jumpsuits. And then there's interstitials of some of the stories. So this robot comes to uh, Dennis DeYoung's cell, and then he beats the shit out of that robot a little later. And then he's climbing out of a vent, and then he pulls up the mask. It's like, it's me! You're like, oh, shit! And then he puts it back down. Um, Yes, it's it's footage from the the introduction film from their shows. I guess what we need to talk about is these robot masks... Pretty yeah. fucking racist, right? Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely on the the more racist side of racist. So, yeah, yeah, it's just... yeah, like it's it's yeah, yeah. They're not great with the teeth and the like and the eyes. That's probably not. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not something you know, really you'd want to do much of. Not, not really above board, but they look like. And in... I think even the hairstyle is meant to mimic like uh like old like tokugawa era like shogun at hairstyles there it's definitely an artistic choice i'll say that it's certainly like, <laughs> it's bad in 1983 when a, a, a certain tv <laughs> show mimics it in 2014 it's a little fucking worse yeah we'll we'll get to that they've made some changes um we'll see um yeah. Uh, with that, let's start talking about covers. Our yeah, first one covers. comes straight out of Japan. It's Poly Six in 2002. Poly Six is a Japanese uh, new wave band, apparently. They're big fans of Devo. Um, they call themselves Technicolor Pogo Punk. Um, and apparently, I love it when a band makes up makes their up own their genre. own whatever. Um, and apparently, they did the theme for Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. That is a show that I have watched before. Yeah, huh. I thought I'd bring it up because I knew that was something you'd be familiar with. I don't know that if is... that's I don't know if that's in Jake's history or not. No, it's not really not... in my history, except through. Is it Jeremy. in any way similar to like Ultraman? Yes, it's it's, uh, I believe, supposed to be a kind of play on the Ultraman, like Power Rangers style. Yeah, it's a Western produced show. Yeah, but it's about like a kid who gets Super Sentai style superpowers along with a team of super powered monkeys. And is okay. probably pretty racist too. Now well, that I'm now that bad now that it's it. on the brain, probably. Wow. Yeah, it, it's similar I, to. Like I choose this, to though. believe they just oh. like had to pick. They wanted it to be an animal, and they're like, "What animal's kind of like a human?" I'm really hoping. <laughs> I'm really I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt in this one. <laughs> okay, well, I, I can understand at least the decision to hire Poly Six for doing a theme song for that, and I mean, part of partially the music video has influenced me on seeing it that way. But this, the music they do here is so like in that vein it takes the idea from mr roboto of this like futuristic japan and then it's like this is that but from the japanese perspective like this is how we do it in japan right and it's quite a bit different it's pretty much just a sample Mm-hmm. but it's used frequently enough that i would argue it's like a it's like a cover with altered lyrics 
Sure. I mean, they don't really do the lyrics. They only do the intro. The Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yeah. There's a couple With thank the yous in there as well. Fair. Um, but let's see. Yeah, and they also have a similar thing where they have like a few different sections that they've just kind of like arranged around. Um, and all their lyrics, I believe, are in English. That's correct. Yeah. So. Uh, do you have those handy? We should probably read those yes. out. Yes. Um, it's got the Domo Arigato. We are alive, full of energy. We are working with a battery now. Yeah. It's nothing but mechanics. We'll play it automatically. We are anything you want to do. We are tuned just to do it. Oh yeah. It's nothing but mechanics. We'll play it automatically. Thank you very much for your kind help. We can't live without you. La la la. I guess you're right. And then it's Domargato, Arigato, Mr. Roboto, etc. And then I think they repeat that, or part of it. I mean, I'm not going to do a full analysis on it, but it seems to play with some ideas of, like, the machine and man idea, right? Yeah, I think it's... Like, we're live, full of energy, but we're, like, working with batteries. Yeah, it's more like addressing a robot. Um... But yeah, they do pretty heavy on the vocoder. That's their introduction. They do very similar. They kind of do that like drum part. Um, as the Devo robot destroys everything. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. This music video kicks so much ass. It does, it does. <laughs> um, let's see. So, damn, I'm trying to follow my own notes and they're all over the place. Uh, <laughs> kind of like this music video? Yeah, it, it's a pretty clear pl- plot. No, uh, you're right. Robot... I'm just I'm just trying to make an excuse for my own <laughs> inadequacy. Uh, a robot built for a like a you know a a typical like Saturday morning Japanese live action show breaks out of the studio and is just a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, and just like destroys things. Um, yeah, he uh, he goes robs from a grocery store. He steals batteries. He uh, knocks uh, over a row of bikes. My personal favorite is when he beats the shit out of six kids in a playground <laughs> and then smokes a cigarette. That afterwards. is good. That is good. <laughs> and then like becomes giant sized and fights a giant sized man. Well, that's actually he returns to the studio. Oh, he's in the set. It, I figured it had to be a set, but I I didn't want to rewind for some reason. Yeah, he returns there and beats the shit out of the director <laughs> before, I think, then destroying the rest of Japan. Yes, I'm pretty sure he destroys most, if not all, of Japan. At least this city. There's also yeah. a part where he goes into a club and is just, like, being belligerent and then, like, knocks a record player and the whole song just pauses for yeah. a second. And then they Domo Arigato Mr. Roboto again. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, they do this Domo Arigato intro, which is basically taken from the original. and then. Once the robot, like, breaks out and is just walking down the street, they kind of go into this, like, bass section where it's just, like, boom, 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 like, he's, like, walking. And the bass is just, like, boom, 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 like, as he walks. Yeah, it's, like, it, it feels, vid- the song feels very tied to the action on screen. Absolutely. Um, you get like instead of the uh, the energy coming from the like intense vocals like we get on the original, it it's strictly from the the sort of bombastic instrumentation. You got these drums going fast and loud. You got guitar ripping, and then you yeah you get that kind of funky bass line that plays while he's running through the streets. Yes, and then all the vocals the the lyrics I read before come in, um, it's very heavily vocoder, vocodered, vocoded as well yeah 
Um, the point, I was surprised when they were not Japanese. <laughs> yes, I... And uh, according to their Wikipedia page, they sing in English, Japanese, and occasionally gibberish. And I wasn't sure which one of those three it was. <laughs> um, yeah, So, but looking up the lyrics, obviously. They are in English. Um, but yeah, it kind of continues with this like bass section for a while. Until he gets to the club. Until they get to... And then it's like this like arpeggiator synth like thing going on and then um the drums are going pretty crazy there too mm-hmm. um and like a really low guitar you can barely hear it but there's like a guitar at the bottom of right anything. and that's also where you get the the backup vocals who are less vocoded than the the main vocals saying thank you very much that's true and then he hits the the record player goes Ooh, it does a record scratch that's my record scratch mm-hmm. sound was that convincing oh absolutely thank you um we have to pause for a second and then it goes back into the like don't worry got mr roboto thing for a while and then he fights the kids and then he beats up kids yeah while this guitar just kind of rips in the back boom down and he's tossing <laughs> kids around oh my god this music video is fun <laughs> Actually, there's a whole section where he just dances for a while in black. Like, it's just black, and he's dancing. Mm-hmm. He goes back to that space at the end, and it kind of imitates, like, like the Voltron, like, title card. Right, he gets a sword and a shield, and he does the, like, spinning the sword thing around. Yeah. Like in Voltron. And actually, in that section where he's dancing, and that's where it's doing just the, the, the chorus, the Domo Arigato, it kind of sounds like Final Fantasy victory music. <laughs> Got that... <laughs> Like at the very end, just like in that bit, it's a, it's kind of like kind of similar. All right, fair enough. Could just be that I've been playing Final Fantasy recently. It could be. That would could be. Have you been watching Voltron? Because I have not. Um, no, I haven't watched it since like season three. I know. I watched like three seasons, and there's like seven now. Yeah crazy how fast they crank those things out <sighs> in any case um yeah it's wild and there's more stuff yeah there's like a theremin solo there's a th- yeah i think i don't think it's a theremin it sounds it could be but i think it's, it's just synth- like a synthesizer like, a like if they put the the portamento on and it like slides between notes i think that's what it is mm. Um, yeah, because that's at about 2.45, yeah. and that kind of takes us through a lot of the latter like minute of this song. Yeah, kind of this section where it's it's um, the instrumentation from the like chorus part, the Del Morigato, Mr. Roboto, but they have this solo happening over top of it, and they're not singing. Yeah. So what overall, what do we think of this one? <laughs> It's a lot this of fun. Is, yeah, it's a lot it's of fun. It's very different from the original. It's Yes. I still think it's more in the like sample camp. Um the campel. The campel. Yeah. Campel sample. Campel. And I I mean you're technically right, but I just think this one slaps so hard that it deserves yeah. a little more recognition. <laughs> That's fair. It, it it does a good job of it though. And they obviously didn't change the name. No, they did. They called it Domo Arigato Mr. Roboto. It's That's te- correct. Technically different. Any uh, closing comments before we move to the next one? Not for me. No, I think that's, yeah. All right, we're going to talk about Tufts Beelzebub's in 2003. Tufts Beelzebub's. 
I, I put two acapella groups on this week, and this is number one. <laughs> this is uh, the first frequently one. Frequently referred to as the Bubs. This is a male acapella group of students from Tufts University. Tufts University. In Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, yeah. Their motto is apparently works. fun through song. Jeremy, do you like acapella at all? I am fine with acapella. <laughs> it's it's all right. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely, I will say that there was a time of my life where I have watched the pitch perfect movies and perhaps watched a little bit of glee but i never watched very much it's yeah good because that show is not great it's not a great show no it's you know there's some there's some okay stuff and then that it's just a like teen drama and then i stopped being a teen and yeah yeah, and it's just like, and I, we're going to talk about it later, but like the laziness of the covers in Glee is what upsets me. <laughs> this one <sighs> yeah. almost seems like... This one's interesting. I have some criticisms of this one. Um, because I feel like they tried to do a lot with like the, the machine stuff, and they have some synthesizers, or at least like organs in this. Is it synths or is it processed vocals? It could be processed question. vocals as well. But I like, don't know. It's hard to say. Because, like, for example, the, the, the sound they use in the some of the verses, like the alarm synth, sounds mm-hmm. really just like they've got like this really soft like combo organ sound. Like, it could be really processed vocals, but it doesn't really matter because it doesn't sound like that at all. Yeah. But I really yeah. think that it's not good. All their like synthy <laughs> sounds just are kind of fall flat to me. Mm-hmm. And also, they, they occupy drums. this strange space between genuine acapella and what I'm going to call actual music. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. by like some of it is actually processed vocals, like for certain drum things, and I think guitars. And then some of it isn't. Maybe it's very confusing. Yeah, it sounds like. I mean, they. They really sa- really sounds like they have a drum machine, um, and I really don't think the drum machine sounds very good in this. <laughs> like, I mean, I was talking about how much I like the drums in the original, um, and how they kind of almost fit in with the themes, uh, mm-hmm. the way they were done. And this seems to do that like a bit too much, and it just makes it also not. It kind of does that, but it also doesn't sound very good. So I feel like the drums needed some work. Well, at what point? If you if they are uh, the vocals that have just been kind of tweaked, at what point do they stop being vocal? Like, do they do you stop counting them as vocal lines? Like, because how much it's just do you change have to change so much? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, somewhere before this, I think, because it doesn't sound like voices <laughs> to me at all. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Because I watched, I actually found a YouTube video of them performing it live, and their live version is one much shorter because they can't do a lot of the tricks they're doing here. <laughs> Uh, but something like they're actually, they do the beginning with like the ambient noises that like, and that's actually them doing that humming. And it's, that's kind of impressive. But yeah. Then, and I can we... believe that. Cause that does sound like they're humming. Mm-hmm. Mm. But then I think there is a, and I should just be playing the track in the background here, but Oh God, I don't like this one, <laughs> but there is like, uh, like certain things or voices put through like distortion filters. And it's the question is why, do that then just get a guitar and then other times i guess maybe they do just put in a drum machine and it's like well why do that then you have acapella people it's just like they don't know what they want to be with this one yeah it's hard to kind of stay with the acapella thing if you're kind of not gonna do it um i don't know but also i didn't think it was very strong as an acapella thing 
Mostly because when they did do those things, it didn't sound very good. That said, mm-hmm. I think their um, their bridge section is probably the strongest part of this whole version uh, for them because, I mean, they're an acapella group, so their harmonies are very strong. So when they do those harmonies in that part, they sound pretty good. So that was my that was the part I thought they did pretty well on. But I didn't really like the rest of it. And because there was so yeah. much mm. stuff, it like covered up the things I didn't like, even though they were still there. <laughs> so I, th- I thought that was the, the best part. Yeah, it is for acapella. It's an interesting song to choose because, I mean, even when you look at the original, it's it's very held up by Dennis DeYoung and his vocals and the, and the fact that they are like counter to the music. like They are with it, but they definitely stand out. And there's so there's not really that much like internal harmonization and stuff that you would get when you're doing acapella. Cause it, you're right. Acapella stands, it stands and falls on how good you can harmonize and how those harmonies fit into the song. And it's really not until the bridge that you get too much of that. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. And the other thing is that like, you're going after a song. We've all agreed that Dennis DeYoung has fucking chops on vocals. <laughs> And I don't know who they fucking put as the lead singer on this, but it is rough. Yeah, I, I think it's just different styles, but it's definitely like acapella I don't think it's style. just different styles. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Well, I'm not like the biggest fan of acapella. Having listened to other acapella, this definitely sounds just like that. So maybe maybe that shows as to whether or not it's actually good. If that's my description, but... maybe. It's I just like 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 you've both said it's in the harmonies that there is strength. So my thing is, particularly if you're tackling a pretty strong vocalist, put two guys on it. Put at least two guys on the, the fucking main vocal track. Yeah, that's definitely. I think this was the one. I might have a note on it somewhere, but like, there were times where they should have harmonized. Like, I'm trying to find out if it's this one or the other acapella one. I'm looking. I know I made a note on it. Uh, um, while you're looking on that, did anybody else notice that I think they're playing kazoos? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, if you go to like 4:30, yeah, like 4:35, it's they're doing the tana tana tana. Might be a kazoo. It might just be distorted vocals. Doesn't sound good either way. Which part? Sorry. Um, 4:35. It's the da-na-na-na-na-na. It may be, it's either kazoo, it's, it might just be like them kind of doing like a deep humming kind of... Right. Trying mm-hmm. to, yeah. But, yeah, I think yeah, they're it's... humming and they've kind of distorted it a little bit. Also, the verse yeah. before that where they do the don't, 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 I don't like that either. No, me neither. Just, it, it's, it's odd because it's, it's so discreet. I feel like they should have led those together, led those sounds together a bit more. But yeah, and that, that, that that's might just maybe tend a personal to, opinion. Yeah, it might be personal. It might be like attending to the acapella format, because based on how many people they have, based on how they've chosen to like layer things, they may not have been able to have those sounds go together. Like it, when they did it, it might have like bled together too much, so they opted to just be very like short, discreet. Yeah, discreet. Mm-hmm. Like, so, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like there was a lot of like possibly brave and interesting choices that they half made, 
They're like, what yeah. if what if it w- was all vo- vocals, but we just produced them a bit to make them sound more like the instruments? And they're like, well, but hang on, how are we gonna do a synth? I guess we'll just get a real one. And then it, once you compromise on cool ideas, which I mean, acapella is essentially just a gimmick. Once once you compromise on gimmicks, you have nothing left if you're a gimmick piece. Yeah, I didn't think this was a super strong version. No, that's um, my uh, that's my verdict. That's my Alex Mildenberger verdict. Okay, let's talk about Leisure Kings in 2006. Ooh, you're wondering who I am, a machine or a mannequin with parts made in Japan. Let's, which is also essentially a gimmick, but I think a much more fun one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like jazz lounge jazz style of like doing covers has been one that I've always enjoyed. Yeah, yeah but they it's... also like kind of take the piss out of it. Like, like he's got his whole like over dramatic intro, and he's like the future. <laughs> like, yeah, and like the he plugs in different words just like occasionally to like literally jazz it up. So instead of saying like I'm just a man who he says I'm just a cat. Yeah. <laughs> acting cuckoo acting cuckoo yeah that's a, another great just these yeah little fucking things there's sarcasm in the tone of his voice uh, it's very clear that this is a gimmick and it's supposed to be a fun gimmick whereas i find with acapella we're supposed to like respect it or be in awe or something <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely a little bit high on its own kind of drama like it's like mm-hmm. oh we're we're an art we are doing music without instruments it's just our voice yeah Whereas this is apparently spawned from, so it's two guys. It's a Michael Wiltrout, who was formerly the singer of a Midwestern punk slash ska band called uh, Johnny Sacco. <laughs> and then Sean Baker, who's a pianist. Uh, he wrote a few jingles, and he was the leader of Indianapolis's premier vocal jazz lounge outfit, The Four Sexes. Yeah, and they talk about robots jacking up your space dog. They do. Yes. I have That's one of my notes is, is just like with a big star. The future has robots to jack off your space dog. Space dog, yeah. I actually, uh, I transcribed <laughs> the whole opening monologue. It oh. says, the future, it's getting closer all the time. Nobody knows a whole lot about what the future's going to bring other than the fact that it's going to bring a shitload of robots. Robots to do your taxes, robots to tie to your bathroom, robots to jack off your space dog. So many robots making so many decisions. Won't, will be that, won't that be great? Or will it? And then we we come into the uh, dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun. yeah, keeping that keeping that theme of the you know the yeah, they basically the take <laughs> like the one verse where they have like a thesis and they're like, let's do that, let's pretend like the whole song is about that. Yeah, it's like our machines good or bad. <laughs> oh, we don't know. So yeah, we get the vocoder line after that. That's about thirty six seconds in, and then. Yeah, it's just like a, a, a like a teetering on excessive sarcasm yeah. performance of the first verse. Yeah, and then just like hard smash cut to like lounge jazz. Yeah. Like suddenly it's just like a piano and he's singing Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. And like, yeah, it's just, it changes a lot. Yeah, and like in that beginning part before he hits the Domo Arigato, he's like, like even the piano, it's dun 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 dun. Like it's, it's yeah, he's like banging on those keys. Mm-hmm. Is he's going, man? And then uh, yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna move on. Were you gonna no, move yeah, on? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly what I was gonna do. Um, sorry. Yes, he does. 
and then he does the Domo Arigato Mr. Obato part, and then he plays the first verse on piano, and then he or he plays. Okay, that's not what he does. He plays the first verse, but he's doing the lines in piano, and then he is mm-hmm. singing the backups. That's right. You yeah. didn't say that. You said something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I said a different thing. But okay, good. Yeah, he does the yeah he does the secret secrets. I got a secret, which is again uh, that, was, that was good. A little little change up. Um, yeah. yeah once we break into the, the full verse. band, though, we get the walking bass line, a very a very jazzy drum. And the piano gets a little smoother, a little less heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Yes, it kind of you get. It just plays its like jazz chords. This is your lounge mm-hmm. jazz. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It, it brings out the lounge jazz. The lounge jazz in all of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, did anyone notice like a xylophone that yeah. like chimes in occasionally? Yeah, that does oh, appear yeah. to be a xylophone. It is replacing, I believe, the alarm synth, but it doesn't play every time the alarm synth would have played. Hmm. Just That's just sprinkled like, in there, just for dun, dun, a little bit of dun, dun, flavor, a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of spice. Yeah. Spring a little bit of wood into your music. And so, like, whenever we get a jazz piece on this show, it's uh, always nice to see that it's what, like, three and a half minutes. Oh, this one's four minutes, four. but still tight for a jazz. Yeah, piece. Yeah, they didn't like throw yes. in a three-minute solo and make it seven, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they still manage to do like some of the jazz staples where each instrument seems to get a little section where it kind of goes off a little, gets a little more uh, like time in the main limelight. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that it does pull that kind of solo idea that jazz often you often see in jazz music. And it, it instead of giving everybody the full time in the spotlight, it just sticks that in. So you still get it, but it's not... Yeah, it doesn't stretch it out. It keeps it nice and concise. Mm-hmm. And generally, the vocals are still going when they're having their kind of yeah. moment in the sun. Yeah, and yeah. They, they cut out a bit. Like, they don't um, include verse three at all. The second, mm-hmm. like, B part. They go right into the, I am the modern man, like, thing. And, uh, of course, no. Someone else take it. Someone else of, take of, it. Course. of course. Of course. I just throw in transitional words sometimes in case I have something else to say, but uh, this this time I didn't have that. That's a good move. Yeah. Um, around the like three minute mark, we get back into that sort of airy intro space where he was doing his monologue, and but in this part there's this uh, this synth that really has this uh, I don't know it's a very cool flavor to it. It's like boom 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 boom. It plays around a lot. Which part is this? This around 3.08. Oh, yeah. It's got a very, like, chiptune sound to it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, which is kind of nostalgic. For like me. a chiptune, but, like, underwater or something, you know? Yeah. Or in outer space. Yeah. Uh, uh, no one can hear you chiptune in space. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good name for, like, a chiptune album. Yeah, have to be like uh, chip tunes of like Dead Space or something or Mass Effect. Just like space themes. I mean, obviously Ducktales Moon theme because it's a space (laughs) song. Isn't that one already a chip tune? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but you do a chip tune cover of (laughs) chip tune song. Okay, so it's a little bit redundant, (laughs) but I'm sure it exists. But yeah, it's a it's a a good line for this song. It's it's fun. It's a little bit of. 
some artistic expression, different change yeah. up from. Yeah, and they're not like sticking hard with the like jazz thing, like a lot of jazz covers can, because they clearly are having you know fun time with it and just doing whatever is entertaining mm-hmm. to them. That is like throughout the instrumentation and the vocals, there you can kind of sense the playfulness. Yeah, it doesn't feel like the original does feel very serious, like the way they sing and the way they mm-hmm. talk, like everything is very serious and this is just like taking it easy i guess that's what the lounge is for taking it easy mm-hmm. yeah but i mean works. i know a lot of local jazz musicians and this definitely seems like that kind of like the, the way that they play with each other the way that they are just having fun that's that's jazz baby <laughs> yeah and jazz, and like even right at the end he says like i'm kilroy kill like i'm kilroy nice to meet you like yeah, it's very yeah. just like, like he could casual. just as well be introducing himself literally to the audience, <laughs> but it is just part of the song. Oh, and they do a like a. Yeah, what is that? What is that called? I, yeah. I don't. I don't know what that's called. I'm sure there's a name for it. I'm sure it's from a thing, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, anything else on this version before we move on? No, it's fun. That's a good one. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's a good one. I liked it. Okay, Mark with a C in 2007. 2007. Um, here we go. Mark with a C. So yeah, he's his uh his given name is Mark Serdorius. He's an Orlando-based indie pop singer-songwriter, and he's all about making a raw, lo-fi music about a high-def world. Yeah, apparently he's known for his very long live shows, which can border on three hours long. Okay, what is he, Bruce Springsteen? I know, right? <laughs> he's not the boss. What is he, <laughs> 70 years old? Anyway, um, yeah, this is pretty lo-fi, though. This is like... Almost too low fi, I would argue. How how low is too low? Fi. Fi? Too low fi for your tastes or too low fi for the source material? For my tastes. Okay. So you'd say this is more low fi than like Daniel Johnston? No well, I guess <laughs> let me let me re restate for your that. taste. It's not necessarily like material? a linear scale of low low f- of fidelity. Um <laughs> But um, I find often lo-fi things kind of lend a warmth and a closeness. But this version, to me, it's more of a distance and a harshness mm. uh, versus versus the other thing I said. Um, I don't know. I I was I wasn't a huge fan of the sound here. Overall, yeah. yeah I like def- your analysis there. It's good. Yeah, it feels a little like spacey, is how I would describe it to my taste. Like it's very, I, I did, I will say I did enjoy it, but mm-hmm. for the source material, for instead of that very punchy, like there's a little bit of punch, but there's a lot more of that kind of floating, spacey feeling. Yeah, I guess so. Almost like uh, for some reason, I just heard you were saying that, and I was listening to it, and it made me think of major tom yeah it definitely feels very major tom to yeah 
And specifically, we mean Space Oddity, right? Not the, the, the German song? No, we mean the yeah. other song. I meant the other song. <laughs> I didn't mean Space Oddity. Oh, okay, because I kind of felt Major Space Tom Oddity. Oh, yeah, coming I, home. I did feel more Space Oddity. I, when you said Major Tom, I, I figured that you were just using shorthand. But yes, I, I'm more on Space Oddity. Okay, now. we'll go with Space Oddity. <laughs> You've clearly put more <laughs> I, thought into this than I have. <laughs> I can't back yeah, anything up. It was, as, as Jeremy was talking about, I got the idea of Space Oddity, where it is this sort of like, like more acoustic, guitar-focused look at a future world, rather than with the original, where we get this very uh, hi-fi synth depiction of the future. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely it, it brings you out into space. Yes, it and it is. Future. It's mostly acoustic guitar-led. Um whether he's strumming or finger-picking or whatever in the various sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, they kind of get some some heavy cymbal crashes, which sort of brush up against that low fidelity, make things break up. Yeah, and again, they have a sound of sort of distance to them, even those drums. They sound like they're a bit far away. That they do. Also, no, and this do. is not really relevant, but he says, like, airy gato. He really... Yeah. Yeah. Which... That rubbed me the wrong yeah, way. I, don't know, I didn't like that. I don't know what the decision is because, I mean, we all learned this phonetically, right? Like, <laughs> he definitely <laughs> says arigato in the original I mean, song. That is how Japanese works with the phonetic like pronunciation of things. Like that's how, how their language is structured. So yeah, when he when he pronounced it weird, he was like, "That's do you know anything about Japan and their <laughs> Japan, language?" Or, or like even the like the song you're copying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so clear. Yeah, it seems odd to get that wrong. I don't know why he did it. Yeah, and um, it's like it's not but... that wrong. Uh, the other thing he does is on the bridge for the like, there's like the three yeah. beat section. He goes domo domo, and then he goes like ee ee ee, like he makes yeah, it sound he does himself. It himself. <laughs> I'll tell you that was maybe a little too lo-fi for yeah. my taste. Yeah, that I did not expect that when I was listening to it the first time, and it really <laughs> kind of threw me off. Yeah. Cause Cause he's like, fuck? he's like impersonating a dolphin. Like, <laughs> uh, so an interesting decision. Uh, I don't know if I would have made the same one, but definitely a decision. Yeah, I feel like maybe if his other instruments were a little more like makeshift, I would buy the the <laughs> weird shrieks more. Yeah, he didn't really do anything else to like replace synthesizers per se, and then he did that. Mm-hmm. But I guess good try on him. But what I really like is, uh, so at 2.51, we get the the echoey shouts on sort of the final verse. Right, yeah. and then it goes, like, the really heavy, like, like AM microphone or whatever. I don't really know. Yeah. It's like, like, I think if you use, like, a harmonica microphone and you kind of, like, it, it, it has that, like, really boxy sound and then you kind of put it through a delay or distortion or something like that, you can really get that kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was awesome, though. I thought that, that's like the highlight of the song for me is that bit. Yeah, I thought that was very, very cool and a very good choice. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it captures some of that energy of the the Dennis DeYoung performance without you know having to be a spectacular singer. Yeah, right. It stays in the style of this version very much. Mm-hmm. And with the doubling of the vocal line, it does kind of bring that back and forth kind of feeling, that layered feeling. That right. we see in the original song. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I'll be honest. I came into this song feeling kind of middling about it, but now that we've talked it, I think I like it a little more. <laughs> it's a really good song. It's well done. Yeah, I think he did a good job. Um, are we ready to move on to our second acapella act, the New Dominions? I'm ready. Lay it on me. No one who I am. It's a co-ed acapella group from... I, I apparently... <laughs> I, I didn't finish that sentence. <laughs> co-ed acapella group. University of Virginia is where they're from. Uh, UVA. That's where they're from. They occasionally Don't call themselves... Don't a lot of co-ed acapellas. Yeah, it's a lot of men's collegiate acapella. So mm -hmm. it's nice to see uh, something a little different. Um, and sometimes they call themselves the nudos. What is up with these you fucking guys? <laughs> and just happen, they're like, we have our actual name, and then some garbage name we've tacked on. Yeah, we're the have... Tufts Beelzebub. We're the bubs. The bubs. The bubs. Tufts. I mean, they all have it. I don't remember any of the old ones, but, like, every single one of them. Like, yeah, but for sure. If your fucking group name needs a nickname, then the name was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was too long. I think new Dom. Um, I didn't take a lot of notes on this. I hated it. What do uh, you guys yeah, got? It's acapella. We saw acapella and this is definitely more acapella this mm -hmm. one i definitely thought was strange because this one sounded like some of the drums were like uh like a drum machine and some of the drums sounded like a voice some of the drums are definitely a voice because i, I definitely he was definitely. fucking awful <gasps> like you get the like do 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 but then some of them really sound like just like a synth snare so i don't know like we were saying in the last one if they just synthesized it beyond recognition but that kind of feels strange when you only do it on some of them hmm. um this one sounds like there's more voices uh possibly just because it's not just like not just men's like you get the kind yeah. of broader range of voices so some of the <laughs> harmony stuff can kind of take up a little bit more space um right there's yeah, also like difference between the lines so they can kind of pull that space and have the harmonies a little bit nicer. They're not quite as close. Right. Yeah. Um, and... Did you notice that the, uh, I think it is, yeah, the women doing the alarm synth. They're saying, I'm pretty sure they're saying Zug Zug. <laughs> <laughs> Do they say, they might be. I mean, that's the kind of like syllable singing I would expect. Um, yeah, just that is uh, famously from, I believe, Warcraft and World of Warcraft. The orcs say that. <laughs> I did not know that. It does sound so. like they're saying zug zug. Um, there's also zug, a part. Zug. Okay, so the one part I want to highlight here specifically, if you go mm -hmm. to like 128, 129, for mm -hmm. some reason, it's like between the verses. And then there's a little like, like vocal, like drum fill. And for some reason, to me, it sounds like the lead singer is doing that part. I don't know if it is the same guy, but it seems like he, like, stops singing the verse, does a little drum part, and then goes back into the other verse, which seems really awkward to me. But I don't mm. think that's what's happening, but it kind of sounds like it is. <laughs> it does sound like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Um, by, uh, I was, cause I was trying to decipher the Zug Zug on this. Zug so zug. I played it, <laughs> I played it at half the Zug Zug. <laughs> and so I played it at half speed for a bit and just kind of left it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. 
So that's that's a fun feature of this being on YouTube. <laughs> so you can listen to it at half speed. Yeah. 0.5 speed. Um, so the the main question we have to ask is between the new dominions or the the what are they the nudo the nudos and the bubs who do you prefer? I think I prefer the nudos. Yeah, I would. I believe Only because I would agree. I have a lot of like specific problems with the with the bubs version that I don't have with the with the other one. But also they were maybe trying a little more. Um. That just kind of fell flat. The other thing yeah. that was probably a good move, if a little strange, in the New Dominions version, is they extend the um, the bridge section, which makes sense because that's the part where they can really shine with their um, acapella stuff. Um, right. But then they also like end on and don't do the end of the song, which I... I don't know why you'd cut it short because there's so much like oh, yeah. intensity. Yeah, on there the is end. a lot after that too. So it's... Eh. I think it's it's maybe worse as a song, better as an acapella? Question mark. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, they almost like each make their own mistakes and each have their own um, <laughs> things. They 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 each have their own positives and negatives that like kind of bring them to about the same level ultimately. Fair. I suppose it's that auditory blue balls though, because they do the build up. It's like da 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 da. You're like, all right, I am the, and it's like, nope, it's nothing. The time yeah. has not come at last. Yeah, I don't know why they no ended masks. it there. Maybe they had a hard limit on 345. Like, they couldn't make it any longer. But, the, I mean, for for uh, an acapella group, I would expect them to want to have this, like, theatrical ending. It's so dramatic. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that might be why they do it. Because when they have that, that's a very, like, kind of mic droppy kind of, like, everything goes quiet. And then everyone's like, oh, my God. Maybe. And. and claps and such. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, go ahead. And. I think, or I wouldn't be surprised if medley, if they just went to a new song after that. That is a good point. Bring it up, and then the resolution is something completely different. Mm-hmm. You just shatter expectations, because people expect you to finish, and then you're Boom. just like, oh, next song. Yeah, suddenly you're singing Counting Stars. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, with that, we're going to move into Kids on Drugs in 2011. <laughs> We are not robots. We are kids on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I couldn't actually find anything on this group or person. Me neither. I don't know who kids on drugs is. I could not find. I looked, (laughs) and there was literally not not too much. Yeah, it all like led back to. I even found their Facebook page, and it it was just like, "Hey, we're on Spotify now." And I checked there, fucking nothing. Yeah, this is the artist is listed as Sticks. Yeah. Yeah, which is so weird. Because, like, wh- why? Like, I get that it's a remix, but... But yeah. if you go to the artist page for Sticks, it's not even Sticks. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. It's weird. It's, yeah, it's quite confusing. But they do but have, they have Radio Live, Montrose, and Sticks. So is that Sticks with Montrose? Who can say? Yeah, who so can say? <laughs> anyway, um, so this version, it... It comes in 
with a sample from like later on to the song with the the alarm synths basically bam, bam, mm-hmm. and then does the like like synth kind of droppy thing and just yeah this that is for a, a dubstep so we get yes. a lot of synths like dropping like vibrating a lot of going on yes it's got the wub wub it has the wub wub yeah a confirmed dubstep it's got the wub wub <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, about 30 seconds in, we start getting some domos. <laughs> yes, it does the, like, domo, domo. <laughs> I don't These know why like... that just sounds so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we talk about specifically this one, which, like, it is a sample... But yeah, it's just like we get these pieces from the song. Yeah, it plays so. around with that. So you get the like, it plays like the whole thing, and then it's like dope, 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 like all chopped up like that. They're sending us their dodo code. Dodo. <laughs> the uh, yeah. So what I what impresses me about this song is a lot of times you'll get like a electronic remix of a song that just like borrows one line or something chucks it in it's like this is uh, like four minutes now of me moving some dials yeah or like they'll do the verse and then like just a completely different thing Mm -hmm. but this really like samples the song uses it as like the through line and kind of moves synth and stuff in and around it and i think that's a very that's a very strong way to use a sample if you're gonna share the name yeah like it uses a lot of different samples from different parts and then like has some just like weird kind of funny stuff too like when they have like that we are not robots and then there's a whole they just repeat like i'm not a robot i'm I'm not not a robot robot. (laughs) i'm not a robot (laughs) i liked this version actually uh, yeah, this I is very charming. <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah, this it, one. I mean, like we said, if if you're gonna if you're gonna like borrow something from a song, if you're gonna like pull stuff out, Dennis DeYoung's vocals, pretty good choice. Yeah, yeah, they they do take advantage of that control moment we talked about earlier, where his voice goes up. They play around with that one a bit. Yeah, yeah it's it's fun dubstep. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't always. Uh, I had. I found. I like. I scrolled through the YouTube comments briefly while I was trying to find the artist. I I just checked the YouTube video. My favorite was this guy who says, "Love the remix, but I can't share it with my family with the harsh expletives added to it. Would have been much better without them." Because <laughs> he says drugs. He says, "Get the fuck out!" Oh, okay. A couple times in there. Oh, okay. I, I just family. love the idea of this fucking father of a family <laughs> being like, "You kids heard this dubstep track." <laughs> He's trying to, he's trying I'll to cover your to the ears of the, at the inappropriate parts. But yeah, you get some good like dancey drums. You get a good section where it is just like kind of raw dubstep. It's like, and then it comes back into it. I'm not you get a robot. Dennis young vocals. Uh, yeah, I'm not a robot. There's good repeats of like good lines that they use for their funny drop where they're like, we are not robots. We are kids on drugs. Yeah, it's fucking tight. If I was like a person at a club and this came on, I would like not be disappointed. I would be dancing. Like yeah. Crazy. They also do like um, we talked about in the bridge. They do the like domo domo, and then the three like synth beats. Like they take mm-hmm. those. They'll do the three beats and be like bump bump, and then be like bump, 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 like kind of bringing the the wub wub into the existing yeah. rhythm. So it's kind of put the wub on the domo. Put, put the wub on the domo. <laughs> Slap it right on. Don't let it go. Slap, slap the wub on the domo. <laughs> slap the wub on the domo, baby. Um, that sounds yeah, like a reggae this one, song. This one's fucking good. Should we move on to our final cover? Yeah, let's talk about the last one. Sure. 
All right, this is Glee featuring Skylar Aston in the year 2014. This is from season five, episode 11. And the uh, the Glee group is... Uh, oh, shit, I forgot to put my speed back to one. <laughs> to normal. <laughs> So, uh, technically, the group performing this within the, the reality of the show is called Throat Explosion. <laughs> oh, oh, good. I'm glad about that. That makes me happy. Yeah. So, this is a performance at Nationals. So, if you thought regular Glee was lazy, imagine if they just did an episode where it's actual Glee clubs performing in a Glee contest. Because, holy shit, here it is. That's what I this mean, is. That's, that's Glee. I mean, that's like the entire, that's like the glee joke they do in community. That's like the joke they have is that is regionals, right? Going to regionals. And this is not regionals. This is nationals, obviously. We can get into nationals. We can get into. It's the next step. Like semi-regional nationals. Yeah. (laughs) Great bit. Um, So we got ladies singing Japanese on the start. Uh, of course, we get the masks. The the racist masks masks have (laughs) returned. They have. Slightly less racist. They're different. They don't have, like, the buck teeth. So they're a little less identifiable as, like, a racist caricature. Yeah. But they're definitely, like, heavily based on the originals from the video. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'd say <laughs> you can't really go much. It's still not great. Mm-hmm. And I think, so it's very truncated, this version. It's a minute and ten seconds of uh, Mr. Roboto before they move into uh, Counting Stars counting by stars. I don't know who does that. I forget, too. Um, Fucking... But, One Republic. Of course. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's pretty... Following it pretty close, but it's got the more, like... I mean, it's a very different vocal sound. It's whoever this guy is. Is it the Skyler guy? Yeah, who is who is from the Pitch Perfect series is sort of his claim to fame. Okay. Um, I've I've written here. Yeah. This feels like it would have been edgy if homosexuality was illegal in 2014. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does the like, it's time to reveal my true identity, and then they take off their dystopian wear, and he's got this flashy suit on. Yeah, it's certainly like a statement. Yeah, like they were trying to. Yeah, but it's mostly a lot of dancing the robot and singing this song. Uh, the other thing they do is the three synth beats they replace with Roboto. Roboto. Yeah, I thought that was actually kind of neat. Uh, that yeah, that fits. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't. It works. Um, mm-hmm. Surprised no one else has done that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that you say that, yeah, that's... <laughs> Huh. Um, but yeah, they basically do like the beginning and then like the very end because he like reveals himself pretty early on <laughs> the time has come at last it's been a minute yeah like, oh okay <laughs> <laughs> and then they go into counting stars um i i like watching it's funny watching this because there's no like context from the rest of the episode so it like cuts to the other characters in the audience like looking at each other very seriously like glancing around <laughs> and like you have no idea what's going on it's nationals, yeah. Alex. It's nationals. nationals. And they're like, oh, shit. Well, there's like a, a beat right as they're revealed. It's got them doing the opening line, and then it cuts to these two guys, and one of them looks at the other. And I was like, is that because he knows how racist those masks are? <laughs> Who okay like, this? Can you believe this shit? <laughs> and that's, like, that's it, pretty much. 
That's yeah. it. It's, it's yeah. a minute of this, then a minute of the fucking other song. What, like, couldn't they have at least tried to interweave them more or something? Like, it's just so lazy. I don't know very much about the, like, structure of acapella. I think some groups try to layer and kind of mix them together, but I think mostly they do try to, like, keep them separate. Like, they're like, mm. one song, then the other. It's like a transition. As yeah, you do, like, the layering, medley but... instead of, I don't know. Yeah. Right, you don't uh, want to confuse people too much. As soon as they stop recognizing that as pop music, they fucking leave. <laughs> Especially for acapella. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of just like a more produced version of some of the other... It's not even really acapella, is it? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I think this one of all, like compared to the other acapella, is, is the least acapella... Maybe the best? Question mark? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it's like... It, I'd say it like, that... takes... It's it's better produced for sure, and it doesn't yeah, like take the chances sure. of the of the like, Beelzebub's one. Mm-hmm. So There's like, a, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Cover I, at I like twenty six really... seconds. If you start at like twenty two, and then at the twenty six second mark, he does after his shitty robot, he turns to the audience with this face that's like, "Are you not fucking entertained?" <laughs> that's what, what I find very upsetting. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean this one. <laughs> I I don't really have a problem with this version, other than there's not much to it. Yeah, as far as Glee versions go, yeah, it's so it's tiny. It's as pretty to be, inoffensive, like, unnoticeable. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think happens. that was a big thing that Glee did was like trying to be as unoffensive as possible when they for their music. Yeah. It's like Glee was kind of like the uh, back back in the 1950s when you had black artists that you wanted white people to listen to. You got white people to cover the songs. Glee was that, but for some reason, for like 70s and 80s rock, they just wanted to wanted to get young people into these songs again, so they could sell them yeah, all they over. Wanted to, like, sanitize it for young people, and they knew that kids bop wasn't working. So like, here we'll do uh, Glee. <laughs> Except Kids Bop still exists and Glee doesn't, so who won that one? Yeah, it's because Kids Bop doesn't have a garbage TV show to go along with it. But... Yeah, this it doesn't have like way higher um, overhead because yeah. they don't need to film things and write scripts, and they just need to probably like slightly mistreat young children. And you don't have to pay Jane Lynch, right? I believe she's yeah. in that. Oh, yeah, she's in that. And, yeah, it's crazy that they kept her on that long because she does real movies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, she's an actual actress. Was she on for yeah. a long time? I forgot she was on that. She is a regular. Yeah. She was the antagonist for at least, like, the first two or three seasons. Hmm. And I think, like, even after she stopped being, like, a villain, she was still a main kind of character. Like, like they, still she was came still back? around. Yeah, arguably the only actor on the cast. <laughs> Um, this is devolving into just shitting on Glee, though, <laughs> yeah. so we're going to yeah. bring it into our final verdicts. we got three categories today. The worst version of this song, the best version of this song, and the version of this song that if you needed to murder a robot and wear their clothing, but the robot was actually the performer of that song, who would you murder? Is that not just the worst? <laughs> not necessarily! Not necessarily, <laughs> because if the worst is someone you don't think you could take, then you might not want them to be a robot that you were fighting. Yeah. Um, so, Alex, you always start. Alex, take it away. What's the worst version? Worst version? I think I gotta give it to the Tufts Beelzebub's 
I had some very specific issues that I outlined when we were talking about it. And I think I even missed a few points. Um, <laughs> they tried some things, but I think it just n- almost none of the things they tried worked. So sorry, guys. Yeah. Get better synth sounds. That. Yeah. Jeremy, what's your worst version? And I think I would have to uh, agree with my brother. I think that the Tusk Beelzebub, now thinking back on it, seeing the other, even acapella versions, it just didn't quite click as well. Yeah, it's... And uh, I agree with both of you. I'm also yeah. going to give it to Tusk Beelzebub. It's, like, like violently bad. Like, it's... <laughs> Like, there are bad versions, like the Glee version's bad, but it's so forgettable. It's so, like, boring and tame that it doesn't, like, it doesn't even pass through my membrane. It's just like, okay, that was Glee. But with this, it's like, we're doing all sorts of weird shit that's not going right, and it's like, hurting your ears. And I'm like, ah, shit, ugh. ah, ah, stop. That's the, the telltale sign of a worst version of a song. Mm-hmm. We're going to move right along into best version. Alex, what do you got? Best version. I think I got to give it to the Leisure Kings. There were a lot of fun versions. I liked the Leisure Kings. I liked the the Kids on Drugs version. And, I mean, the Polysex thing was, was crazy enough to be a good time. Um, but I think I got to give it to the Leisure Kings. Solid choice, Alex. Uh, Jeremy, what do you got for us? God, I feel like I'm just a copycat today, but I'm a. <laughs> it's almost like I'm we have similar opinions man. for some reason. I know it's it's like we were raised in the same household for the first however many years of our lives. Disgusting. But, no, really like that jazz. I will give a, a little shout out to the Mark with a C because that it was lo-fi. Like there were problems with it, but I do think that it did yep. some very interesting things. That was just a personal preference of mine. I had some issues with some of the lo-fi well, the effects. There it's were some stuff. Not that but... big a deal. No, I think that in general, like the the mark with the C is a pretty pretty good runner up. Mm-hmm. I agree with both of you. That Leisure Kings version is very good, but I I can't we can't just keep dogpiling on the same ones here. So I I'm going to give it to Kids on Drugs, just because uh, like I, like it's a genre that I don't really care that much for, but the fact that they like hit it so well and I think are a strong example of like how to sample something mm-hmm. like authentically. And, like, be able to share that title to sample into, like, a covering style rather than just borrowing a bit for your own original piece. Like, this, it, like, did it. It was dancey. It, like, had that future feel. It's got hilarious drop uh, where they're, they're not robots. They're kids on drugs. I mean, come on. It's just yeah. nonstop fun. Loved it. But, yeah, shout-outs to the Leisure King. Shout-outs to Mark with a C. And shout-outs to Polysick, which I thought were all very, both like, fun and, like, cool versions. And with that, we're going to go into our final category. If you had to wear one of these artists as a, a shell to escape from a dystopian prison, who would it be and why? Alex. I mean, the only one that seems like it would work is the robot from Poly6 video, which I assume is singing the song. Um, Actually, technically, they have a shot of the band at the start of that they video. They do have a shot of the band at the start of the video. Hmm. But that I was going to pick that, too. Okay. <laughs> for that reason. Um, or I'd just like take one of the I, I think the Leisure Kings guys wear those like white suits, so that'd be fun. Just take one oh, of those. Oh, yeah, you look like you belong anywhere in a white suit. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, what do you got for us? I think that assuming that the bubs uh were wearing were robots themselves or were wearing uh robot outfits, I think that of all of them, I think I could take them the easiest. So, oh, yeah, because you can't take kids on drugs, they'll they'll get you. <laughs> Yeah, they're fucking scary. <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty sure I could take the tough spiels to to get that outfit and and sneak away and meet up with 
with the revolution. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their album artwork, and they're all drawn very muscularly, so I'm assuming that means they're not. Yeah, that that's checks a pre- out. <laughs> that's, a pretty so, good, that's a pretty good conclusion. Probably take them. Yeah, and they all look kind of the same, and like their attempts to, to produce their vocals to be more robotic means they're, they're blurring that line between man and machine anyway, so you can really confuse people with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A solid choice. Um, for me, I'm gonna go with shit. I just had it. Now I've forgotten it. Not tough bells above. Not the leisure. Mark with a C, because if he has any form of like identification on him that I can steal as well, nobody's gonna believe that. Like I'm walking around correcting people on the spelling of my name unless I'm supposed to be there. I'm like, oh, Mark with a C. And he actually's like, with okay, a C. He's, he's with a C. He's gotta be here. He's allowed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. easy sneak out of anywhere they're like oh you're mark i'm like no mark with a c and i'm like oh he's a different mark yeah you got to be aggressive so you seem confident but he's still a mark and that's <laughs> that's the key that's the key exactly marks fit in pretty that's much anywhere that's been our final verdicts if you've got a similar opinion different opinion or want to talk about a version of the song we didn't talk about hit us up on twitter hashtag cover me pod at jake the cressy at some alex wise guy uh, you can send us an email at covermepod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, recommendations, just whatever you want to send us, really. Uh, be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends about us, because um, we don't have an advertising budget. Jeremy, do you have anything you want to promote? Anything I want to promote? Um, hey, if you guys are quarantined right now and have something to do, trying to find something to do, uh, lately, me and my friends, because we've been playing D&D for a couple of years now, have been trying to use some of the resources with D&D Beyond. Uh, mm. So to play online and do character sheets and stuff. And there's definitely a lot of like money input if you want to get everything. And we aren't doing that. We're just using the free stuff. But hey, play D&D with your friends. It's a good time. Fuck yeah. I've been mean like, this whole time in quarantine. I'm like, we should get D&D started back up. But yeah, I've never thought to get an online resource on that. D&D Beyond people. Check it out. Um, With that, I do have a bonus segment. We're going to rip through it because we are uh, quite a long episode. We sure it's are. one of Alex's favorite segments. It's called Same Song, Different Chorus. Where well, I, I take awful at it. Two songs with the same title, but they have different lyrics. And I force you two to guess which lyric I read, which, uh, which band it comes from. So uh, this week... The uh, the song title is "Show Me the Way." Okay. There is the the song by Styx, "Show Me the Way," and you also know this other one, Alex. I guarantee it. You're gonna say you don't, but the song "Show Me the Way" by Peter Frampton. I want you. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that song. Okay. You know it. Yep. Okay. So I begin as we always do with uh, the easiest ones in theory. The first one. Oh. Won't you show me the way? Now, is that Peter Frampton or is that <laughs> Styx? I think it's, I think it's Peter, Peter Frampton. Okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow my brother's lead because I, I will admit that I don't know very much Peter Frampton. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no Frampton to, comes to alive. That I know this Frampton. Um, yes, you're both correct. That is Peter Frampton. Um, so the next one that I have for you is Take Me Tonight to the River. Any thoughts on that, Jer? I'm thinking, take me tonight to the river. I'm thinking that that I'm thinking that sticks. That yeah, I'm saying sticks. That's for sure. Sticks. sticks. Stick with sticks. That's another point for both y'all. That is a sticks line. Um, following that, I have the stars are out and shining. I'm going with sticks again. I think that's 
Alex, what do you got for me? I'm trying to remember the song. I think it sticks as well. You both think it sticks. That is why I put it there, because it's actually Peter Frampton. Okay, uh, the next one is Show Me the Way. Show Me the Way. You know, the first the first Show Me the Way was that Peter Frampton. I think I, I, I got to go sticks again. I got to keep my bets. I got to hedge them. Alex, what do you got for me? All right, let's switch it up a bit. I'll say I'll say Peter Frampton on that one. Alex, you fool! Oh. Oh, sticks, I've sticks all the way. <laughs> Jerry pulls ahead by one point. Um, and if I see your light, should I believe? You're gonna say sticks? You know, I'm going. I'm going the opposite. I think that that's a. I think that's a the red herring. I'm going. I'm going. Petey Framps. P Framps. Jeremy, you fool! Ah! <laughs> it, was, it was sticks. Sticks all along. Ah. I, I, I think I, I bet I think against him and. That's what happens. Um, I've got... Do I have two more here? Yes, it looks like it. Um, or did I already do the line? I wonder if I'm dreaming. I think I did. Yes. Okay, we got one last here. This is for all the marbles. And the line is, There has to be a fool to play my part. Hmm. I mean, you'd, you'd have to be a fool if you thought that you could play Peter Frampton's part. Because he's Pete Frampton. He's the man. The legend. <sighs> I'm going with Peter. I think it's Peter Frampton as well. All right, you fuckers. You, you end it with a tie then, because you both got that <laughs> right. <laughs> that was our bonus segment, um, which means we've come to the end of the episode. And as we always say on Cover Me, uh, I've got a podcast I've been hiding under my skin. It's Cover Me.